today that you looked at those challenges to be an opportunity, not a challenge. Challenges are opportunities. It is a time that you yourself can, uh, you know, uh, seek the Lord for that situation and listen to him. There's been many situations that I have had to seek the Lord, sought the Lord over to, uh, to, understand what the problem was. And I'm talking about at work, you know, and, and I, he gave me an answer. He gave me the answer to the problem that I was having. And so uh, challenges are opportunities that, that the Lord, we talk about the Lord showing up and showing out, you know, most of the time that's done. We talk about that in the service, but what about when he shows up and shows out 
in the, for those natural needs. He fed 3,000. He showed up and he showed out. Fed 5,000. He showed up and he showed out. You know, uh, told the woman at the, uh, at the blood, at the well, that there's everlasting water that, that she could drink from and never thirst again. He showed up and showed out. She went away happy. And so the Lord will show up and show out. Uh, but the Bible says here in this particular part of this letter, it says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us. Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. I would underline that. I emphasize that. Let no man deceive you by any means. For the day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. So understand that, uh, that pastors, ministers, elders, evangelists, that falling away is occurring. And, it, and some even sitting, uh, saying, I'll never do that. But look at the attitude that people have. Look at the, the mindset of don't tell me nothing. Don't put me in check. Don't, don't instruct me, you know, I'll do what I want to do. That's a falling away. Because soon you'll find that they're hidden and missing. And so the Bible goes on to say, as opposed and exalting himself above all that is called God. Not only is Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist is already here, but that spirit works among uh, among those that will allow him to use them that exalt themselves above God. Anytime you say, I don't have to listen, you're exalting yourself above God. So preachers, understand this. There's some, there's prophecies being fulfilled daily, right in front of our eyes, right in front of the saints' eyes, and they're not watching and paying attention. It's time to wake up because our, our calling is near us. It's time to high rise, get up, be wide awoke. And so it says in the fifth verse, remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doeth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he is taken away. Speaking of the Holy Ghost being uh, taken the church away and then full-fledged uh, chaos and confusion, deception. And then shall that wicked one be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even he whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of uprightness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth. This is where I wanted to go to. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. If you don't receive the truth, you will not be saved. If the truth is being presented to you and you are ignoring the truth, then you will not be saved. If you do not like the truth, if you resent it and it bothers you and you feel all of you will not be saved. The church is a soul-saving station. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. I'm going to stop reading right there because that is something that will be exhorted and expounded upon later. Not tonight, 
but strong delusion that they should believe a lie. They, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth. So if you don't believe the truth, but have pleasure and unrighteousness, you will be damned. That's the word of God. Now, this pastor, I'm going to give you the word of God. Everyone that's listening, everyone that will hear, I'm going to give you the word of God. I'm not going to give you my opinion. If you ask me for my opinion, I'm going to base it upon the scripture of what we should do. Well, pastor, what should I do? Be faithful to God. What should I do? Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. What should I do? Uh, don't scratch that itch because it will soon subside. Don't, you know, uh, I'm going to give you the word of God. Uh, crucify that flesh. When I say don't scratch that itch because it will, I'm saying crucify that flesh. Bring it into subjection because that's, we are in practice right now getting ready for that day when the day come that we do stand in the presence of the Lord. And so we're going to have a word of prayer and then I would like to direct your attention to Daniel, the third chapter, uh, beginning at verse one. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord God, for this day that you have given us, a day that we have not seen before. Lord God, and we all know that tomorrow is not promised. Lord God, so bless us with the time that we have to do what is right. Lord Jesus, bless us with the time that we have, Lord God, to acknowledge you in all our ways that you may direct our path. Bless us not to be forgetful hearers, but to be doers of your word. We know that hearing your word will not save us if we're not making application. Bless us to make proper application of your word, Lord God, so that you will be pleased. Lord, help us not to be like those five that were foolish, that thought they had it all together, that thought that they had, Lord God, and, and they did not have enough. Bless us, Lord, that we do not live that life, but, but to have what you want us to have, Lord God, which we know is found in your word, we ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. In the third chapter of Daniel, beginning at the first verse, it says, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was three score cubits, and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it in the plain of Dora, in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent to gather together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the province to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. Then the prince and the governors and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the province were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then and herald heard cry aloud, to you it is commanded, O people, O nations, and language. So no one was exempt from this that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sack, but the psalter, the discomer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. 
And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of the burning fire. A burning furnace. A fire, burning fiery furnace. There we go. And so a thought here that I, I posted earlier, you know, I was looking to this setting up at 6.30 and getting together and I couldn't find any of the information that I had put out at about 2, 2 a.m. this morning, but uh, the puppet master, the puppet master, I want to talk about the puppet master a little bit. And so the puppet master is uh, also um, referred to as a puppeteer, a person who manipulates uh, an, an inanimate object. You know, the enemy would treat you as if you're an inanimate object. You don't have a will. You don't have a mind of your own. Once he captures that, he's going to control you, going to run you ragged. As some of us have already experienced, I'm a very transparent person at times. And so uh, he will run you ragged in whatever area that he can. He will use you as his puppet. And I'm not talking about a good love affair either. Their attention or uh, intention is to create the illusion that the, that you're alive, that you really have control of your own life. How many times have uh, you heard those that have been uh, intoxicated, addicts, addicted to whatever, said that uh, said they were going to stop? I'm going to stop this. I'm not going to do this no more. I'm going to flush this. They flushed it down the toilet, and then they went out and bought more. How many times did they say, I'm not going to climb in the sheets? And when they woke up with tears in their eyes and, you know, feeling that guilt and, and, and stuff from doing exactly what they said they would not do, uh, they felt used, and they wished they had never, but they, they said that the night before and the day before they found themselves doing it again. Being told that you're in control and this is what you want when it's really not. Now, we know that puppets are often shaped like humans, animals and legendary creatures. But we are specifically talking about you as a person. And the puppeteer uh, may be visible or invisible, hiding out, but yet they're pulling strings. So then uh, when someone uh, is trying to manipulate you or trying to manipulate another person, uh, uh, trying to manipulate a place or a thing like the, the movies, the puppet master is uh, not only uh, 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 manipulating, but they're causing mental, emotional, and physical damage, dominating an individual that God had never intended to be dominated that way. God is a gentleman. As my godmother used to tell us that he's a gentleman. God never forces himself upon anyone. That's why it says, whosoever will, let him come. He doesn't force. Goodness and uh, goodness is goodness leads us to repentance. Goodness has shown up so many times, but you still have to follow goodness in order for, it, for goodness to lead you to repentance. Goodness doesn't uh, take you by the hand and force you, doesn't twist your arm or anything. Neither does grace and mercy. It just shows up and it does the will of God. But it never uh, uh, manipulates. It never uh, takes over your will. It is something that we must do.
And for all of those that are part of the Ride and Die Posse, for all of those that are hardcore for Christ, it's because we have given our will over to him. You've got to give your will over unto the Lord. And so then are we truly empowered because we then enter into a place where God had intended for us to be, and that is empowered by him. Just as he gives us breath in our body, thank you, Holy Ghost. Just as God gives us breath in our body to live every day, it was always and has been his intention that he would be with us, that we would be in his presence, and he has made a way for that. He has done that. And so knowing this and keeping that, embracing it as a fact that God is looking to be with us, that no man should perish, that those that believe will be in his presence. And belief is an action word. It is not something that you just, oh, I believe in God. You know, the Bible said the devil believes and trembles, but it doesn't stop him from being a devil. It doesn't stop demons from being demons, fallen angels, uh, even Lucifer, fallen cherubim. And so uh, it doesn't, belief does not, but action on belief. He that believeth and is, see, it's an action word. He that believeth and is. The scriptures goes on to say he that believeth and is baptized. But he that believeth and is, it, it, action. It's something that we take action in doing. It's interesting that in the process of time, Nebuchadnezzar creates a golden image uh, and it's after he had dreamed of the image. Now, when you read in the second chapter, uh, he has a dream and none of his counsel uh, could uh, interpret the dream. He, he said dream has left his mind and he needs some help remembering it and understanding it. And they could they they wanted him to tell him and they said, well, give us some time. And he said, no, you'll you'll take the time and you'll come back and deceive me. And you'll tell me something that you think I want to hear. You know, you'll manipulate the time and uh, so he said if you're not I'll reward you but if not I don't have no need for you I'm going to kill all of you I'm going to wipe everybody out and that included uh, Daniel Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah who did not know what was going on but when they found out when Daniel found out the urgency of the king's decree to wipe out all the wise men the astrologers and magicians and everyone he appealed unto the king and he went to the king of kings. He went to the one that owned the dream. He went to the one that architected the dream. He went to the one that sent the dream. And him, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah began to seek the Lord. Are you going to anyone that you know will seek the Lord? Or are you talking to folks that will uh, tell you what you want to hear? That's another form of manipulation, telling you what you want to hear so that they can manipulate you into doing whatever they want you to do, even if it seems like they pity partying with you. You need to go to someone that's going to pray, tell you the truth, tell you what is right, tell you what is wrong, put you in check when you need to be in check, and pray with you so that you can be strengthened. That's what the Lord told Peter. When you strengthen, strengthen the brethren. And so Nebuchadnezzar king had made this image of gold and whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plains of Dura in the province of Babylon. Now this image was described to be about 60 cubits with about 90 feet high and about six cubits which are nine feet wide. So this was not something small. This could be seen in the distance. 
We don't know if it was this image of gold and made them made out of wood and overlaid with gold. We don't know because we were. But one thing we do know is he created an image after he had seen the image of himself, which was the head of gold. Now, I, I believe the image was, you know, a figure of a human. Now, I don't know if it was a, a king or someone related to or someone or something that they worship, but it was an image, something created by the hands of men. And, you know, it, that even goes on today. Uh, we were at the beach. We were at the pier. Uh, me and LG and, and this lady walked up with some, some, uh, some chains and, and trinkets around her neck and in her hand. And some of them were little Buddhists and Buddhists, little, little ladies and little men, a pot-bellied man. You know, you, a pot-bellied man, we need to understand that that's a sign of, that that's not good health for us. That leads to heart attacks and it leads to other things. That's a carrying muffin tops is not a good place to be or not a good thing to have for anybody, male or female. And so bringing about those little figures that they have molded and made, God instructed Israel not to have all these figurines. Uh-huh. But don't talk about false images. God said, told Israel not to make an image of anything in the heavens, anything on the earth, anything underneath the earth. Of another person, don't work. We don't worship angels or anything of that nature. We worship God only. God monotheistic. God only. God said, I, I won't give my glory to another. And so, uh, Nebuchadnezzar creates this, this golden image. And, and Dura is also appears to be such a commonplace in, in Babylon. So, not much is mentioned or known about it, at least not that I. Uh, found, you know, if you find a lot about it and you want to tell us it's like the city of New York or, or it's like the Mojave Desert, you know, or uh, that, that's, that, I appreciate that, but uh, what I don't know is everything about it. And, but Nebuchadnezzar set this image there. The second verse says, then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the province to come to the dedication of the image with Nebuchadnezzar, the king had set up. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I just feel the presence of God and I feel that God is pleased right now. I feel a pleasure right now and I feel that God is pleased. Thank you, Lord. And that's what we want to do. We want to please the Lord. You know, if you, wherever you are, if you can, just give God a wave. You know, just wave your hand and just, you know, just, just give him that wave offering. You know, to let Lord, here I am. Here I am, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone that was anyone was summoned to the dedication of the image. This included Daniel, Hananiah. Huh. Whew, bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This would have included Hannah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, all of them, because they were all counselors. They were all in position by this time. Remember, uh, Daniel God gave Daniel and Hananiah and all of them the, the meaning of the dream, and Daniel was uh, rewarded. Not only was Daniel rewarded, but he asked that Hananiah, Mishael, and them would be rewarded too, and they were. So they were all officers now in, in Babylon. And so these brothers were wholeheartedly committed unto the Lord. How about you this evening? Is that your testimony? 
that you are wholeheartedly committed unto the Lord? Can I, if the, if the Lord was to come tonight, if he came and called Pastor Carl and I had to stand and give an account for you uh, as a member of Cornerstone, would I be able to say, Lord, that they're wholeheartedly committed unto you? or Because uh, I'm certainly not going to uh, fabricate for anybody. I'm going to tell the Lord exactly uh, because he already knows. And so uh, are you wholeheartedly, whatever church you go to, uh, are you wholeheartedly committed unto the Lord? Are you committed to living right, being obedient to the pastor, you know, and following the, 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 what the word of God has to say? Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so uh, they, had, uh, they had to attend this dedication service because they were officers. But it did not mean that they had to agree with what was going on. Now, you as an officer on your, in your employment and all that, uh, you may be called to do something and uh, to attend a, a meeting or to attend a, uh, some type of ceremony or something like that. It doesn't mean you have to be in agreement. You're responding out of the respect of the position that you hold. But if you live the life that says I'm committed unto the Lord, you know, I, I've never went, walked around on the job and said, that I'm saved, I'm sanctified, I've never walked around saying anything. But my, the light that, uh, I I'm a strong believer, I'm very much convicted that you must live a life that people see that there is something there and respect that because they don't see you out of character. And so they respect that. They may not ever put their finger on it. But they see enough to know that if it should ever come up. And so uh, you have to live. And, but it doesn't mean that you have to be in agreement with something that is against the word of God. Now, the scripture says, then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the province were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set. So all of those in position attended as they should have. You want the position and all the benefits, it comes with a responsibility. What it does not come with is an option to compromise. You don't have to compromise. And so let me say that again. <laughs> the position doesn't mean you compromise your time, your service unto the Lord, you know, when just like when we race to get to our uh, where we need to be at at work as you should that we should also give God the same attention and if God does not get the same attention you are compromising that goes for everybody it goes for anyone when God I heard uh, the exhortation of the mother on Sunday at, at a, a third service I was at that the mother was talking about the commandments and talking about love, and she said, it's not a suggestion. It is a commandment. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. And what God says is a commandment. It is not a suggestion. We treat things with God. We treat what God says. We treat those things as suggestions. We treat them as options. Keep treating them as option. Keep treating them as a suggestion. After a while, you'll find, I, I warned some of the folks that have been backslidden and found their way back to church, 
that if you backslide and start fooling with God again in that way, that you may not make it back. There'll be a strong, uh, a strong delusion that you're all right when you're really not. The five virgins had, that did not make it to, into the wedding, uh, they had a strong delusion that they was okay until the last moment, and it was over. Listen, compromise is not an option. You hear us read this, and, and I strongly believe this, again, uh, because we, we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful. Why? Because we believe the Bible is the word of God. We're bold. Why? Because we believe the Bible is the word of God. Boldness means that I'm willing to stand and, and take a stand and resist what is not the word of God. Uh, we believe the Bible is the, we faithful. We're bold. We're the church. The church should be faithful. And the church should be bold when it comes down to God. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Why? Because we believe the Bible is the word of God. And God gives us an out. Yes, he does. He gives us an out. Uh, the scripture says that I won't place more on you than you can bear. See, he's given us an out. God has given you an out. He's given me an out. Thank you, Lord. The fourth verse says, then an herald cried aloud. To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and tongues. Now, the herald, uh, similar to the announcer, you know, we, we have a church announcer, uh, a presenter, uh, someone that presents on our broadcast. Uh, they're also a messenger uh, because they're making the announcement. That is an official messenger that brings the news. They are an official office. It is a person that says something is about to happen. And we find them throughout the scripture. The herald reaches out to capture the attention of all or, the, or a specific group of people. Uh, just like uh, the herald told all the people, the, the, the sheriffs, the counselors, the, uh, the treasurers, and all the officers of Babylon to come uh, for that dedication, John the Baptist was a herald. Well known, and he, so he was, the, he was an announcer. Church announcer is the modern day herald uh, that works with the herald. I'm a herald right now. I'm, I'm heralding the word of God uh, into the atmosphere. Um, I'm, I'm making announcements right now about living right, about doing God's will, and, uh, and, and the fact that God is closer today than he ever has been. And that is no argument there. Uh, there's nothing anybody can argue against that. I'll put it to you even more plainly. You are marching closer to stepping out of time uh, as you're not going to remain here. You're going to step out of time sooner or later. Uh, none of us know anyone that has lived that's 500 years old, 200 years old, or, you know, you're going to stand. You're going to step out of time. Into, so I'm putting that out there, which is something that's not new, but I'm still announcing it again. So I just herald something out there. Listen, Mark 1. Uh, begin, first chapter says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God, as it is written in the prophets. Behold, I send my messenger before my before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. See, the announcer, even in the church, is uh, for telling you to prepare for what's next. And that's what John the Baptist was doing. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. It's an important role. When, when someone gets up to introduce the speaker, 
they're saying prepare the way of the Lord with a capital L because the person that's going to be standing up next is going to be exhorting the Lord, not themselves, but exhorting God, exhorting Christ and his word because we can't make it any other way. If you try to come up another way, you're a thief and a robber. And we know a thief and a robber is not going to be saved. And so John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. And those that Paul came across that was baptized under the baptism of repentance was rebaptized in Jesus' name. John 1 and 15 says, John bear witness of him and cried, saying, this is he of whom I spank. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. This is something we can all do, and that is be a herald for Christ. Tell someone about Jesus Christ. Has that come across your heart? Has that come across your mind that you should tell someone that you should be a witness for him? That you should share the word of God? that you should encourage others, that they should seek him right now while he can be found. I believe it's in Acts, it says, happily, said, uh, they were on Mars, it said, feel for him, happily that you might find him. We ought to feel for God that we might find, we ought to encourage someone else uh, that to feel for him, that they might find him. You know, don't wish anything bad, but encourage folks. Folks need to be seeking God. They need to be uh, feeling for him, looking for him. Finding him, nurturing a relationship for him, mighty God. And so, uh, you know, uh, it's a good time to, to reiterate this, to make this announcement and reemphasize what has been already mentioned here at Cornerstone. You know, we're going to be out reaching out for souls as we come to any. In other words, we're going to increase the activity of reaching out for souls reaching out for those that, that, that have backslid, reaching out to those that have uh, that caught in the valley of decision, uh, reaching out to those that have uh, lost their way so that they can find their way. We need to uh, speak up. Uh, they're speaking up about so many other things. They're making their agenda known. Well, let's make God's agenda known, and that is for souls to be saved. You know, and so... Uh, I believe I gave out an assignment requesting information uh, uh, you in your neighborhood, in your community, wherever you are, uh, you know, uh, that you ought to seek out what opportunities there are for you to share the word of God with someone. Take some time out of your busy schedule and just spend an hour, spend just a little bit of time just sharing the word of God with somebody. And so uh, don't leave it ignored for someone else to do. God's work is important. It's as important as your natural employment and other commitments. God's work is just as important. And we should not let anything get in the way of God's work. And so, uh, listen, a manifestation is the appearance of something. You don't see the wind blowing. You don't see leaves moving. But you do feel it on your skin. Maybe you'll see the dust in the air. And if you like flying kites, you know, then you, you certainly know the wind is blowing. It's a good day to fly the kite, you know, uh, because it's a, uh, there is a manifestation of something going on. And, and so uh, God is a spirit. He's not seen with the visible eyes. Only, he's only manifested, only a manifestation. And just like you don't see the remission of sin, 
You only see the manifestation of it. Thank you, Lord. I love that because, uh, you know, I had never thought about that before until I was setting up, uh, didn't sleep and was, was up. And the Lord woke me up and it was time to get up and, and do, uh, get into the word of God uh, during that quiet time and realize that, that, you know, remission of sin is not something we see. But we see the manifestation of it. Uh, the manifestation uh, that we see is where the sin is starting to reduce. Uh, maybe you cussed and, and all of a sudden uh, you're not cussing nobody out. You notice I said you're not cussing nobody out. See, we only we be using cuss words because we're cursing at someone. Uh, but, after, but it starts to subside and you're not cursing no one out because you're seasoning your words with grace. Uh, your manifestation, you, you were uh, uh, sedating yourself, but all of a sudden... Uh, that desire to self-sedate is, is gone. And so therefore you're not doing damage to your body any longer because your body is now considered, uh, you consider it the temple of the Holy Ghost and you value uh, the fact that you are uh, uh, the child of God. You are God, whatever God has made you. Lord, you made me what I am. You made me holy. You sanctified me. You cleaned me up. And I'm going to take care of this body. I'm going to keep it reserved just for you. And so therefore, you know, your body is a, a temple unto the Lord. So you stop adding and putting stuff in it that you know is going to do harm to it, going to disfigure it, going to cause you to uh, uh, become uh, act abnormal. I'm just trying to relax. You can relax by keeping your mind stayed on the Lord. And sometimes we need to be physically active to exert some of the energy and attention uh, that we have. Take some beet, uh, some beet, vitamin B you know, to help uh, uh, with tension, to help with all of that. Manifestation, sin, the remission of sin is manifested uh, by the reduction of those things. There are some manifestations to be revealed. And um, what side of those uh, manifestations will uh, depend on you? The scripture goes on to say that at what time you hear the sound of the, the cornet, the, the flute, Heart, the sapphire, the psaltery, the blue climber, and all kinds of music. You fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. When you hear the sound of that, I want you to do what I want. I want you to do what I want you to do. That's what Nebuchadnezzar and those that, you know, maybe there was somebody that inspired him to do this. Someone that encouraged him instead of discouraging him. And so, uh, you know, uh, we look at certain roles in our administration, and I'm talking worldwide administration, whether it's a king or president or, you know, whatever, uh, whatever you are, whatever uh, continent you're on. But there's someone in their ear telling them certain things. And, you know, but one thing that should never be... Uh, given to you to take advice of, and that is to compromise your walk, your, your relationship with God. Nebuchadnezzar told them that when you hear this sound, the herald told them that this is the command, when you hear this sound of the trumpet, when you hear these instruments, worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar has up. You, my puppet, y'all need to do, pull, I'm pulling the strings with the sound of music. I'm pulling the strings of what I have to say, and that is what goes on so many times. The string is being pulled by movies 
That's why you got to be careful of what you watch, what you in. You know, the whole purpose of a gate being around a home or being around a city, a fortress, uh, is to protect that which is inside and to protect that which is uh, to keep something from coming in that should not be there. It's protection. The Bible said, guard your heart. You know, with all diligence, we need to guard our hearts. And, and so they were told that when the, when the music sounds, when your strings is being pulled by the music, you need to fall down and worship that same hour or going to burn you up, going to cast you into the burning, fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar wanted everyone. And more disturbing is his knowing or not was the demand for a monotheistic group of people to worship an image. Remember, there is the children, Judah, Jerusalem, this captivity was caused by them worshiping other images. Israel never stopped being a religious people, but they did bad things because they took on the worship of images and other gods of nations around them. We want to be like other people. That got them in trouble. Trying to be like other people is going to cause you to lose your soul because some died in captivity. They died not to be redeemed. They died not to be saved. They died in captivity some horrible deaths that they did not have to die. They didn't have to die that way. And so the children of Israel in captivity, some of you, some that you may know, are in captivity because you are compromising. Do not compromise your walk with God. Because you heard the music, because the strings are being pulled, uh, the heart strings, you know, as we say so often, was being yanked on and all of that. Um, the enemy, like that song said, is killing me softly. The enemy will kill you softly. You won't even know what's going on until you're all dead and dried up, until it's too late. I'm here tonight to say don't compromise that. Don't let the puppet master continue. Cut them off. This is why the children of Israel was in captivity. This is why some are in experiencing bondage today. They stop worshiping God, begin worshiping other things. In other words, anytime you put something before God, you are now plate, you have replaced God. The heart, the wholeheartedness God demanded of his people has been given to another. God, God is not that, uh, look, either you all in or you all out. That's how it is with God. Uh, yeah. It ain't no, well, I got one foot in, one foot out. No, if you got a foot out, you all out. You just, you just deceiving yourself thinking that you got one foot in, one foot out. No, you all the way out. You just don't know it. You're deceived. And so you want to be all in as God is all in. And so um, just want to, uh, to touch on that tonight come back later and return to some things. And, and so uh, God, on this side, on that side of the cross, God dealt with his people and often spoke in a term of relationship. 
This is a relationship. Now on this side of Calvary, we hear more about grace and mercy, but don't be deceived. Uh, people say, well, you know, if it was like it was then, you know, affliction and judgment came immediately. Let me tell you, <laughs> affliction and judgment comes immediately on this side as well. It's just that people have chosen to, to ignore and not hear, not understand what is actually occurring. And we'll come back and, and talk about that in relationship and how God dealt with his people. And he really, really emphasized the relationship quite often, quite often throughout the scripture. I was amazed. And I'm still, I'm still amazed. I'm still at all when it comes to thinking about uh, how God refers to Israel uh, as in a relationship term, how he refers to them in such a way that, um, that it is emotional. It's emotional. And so God has feelings. You need to understand just like you want to look at your feelings and, uh, you know, and, and oh, my feelings are, are, are you know. No, well, what about God's feelings? What about his feelings? Listen, this is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. I pray that, that what has been said has been a blessing unto you. Certainly, I'll, I'll solicit your prayers to pray for me as I will be praying for you. Let's uh, get draw closer to God. It is important that as we come to the end of the year, you know, this year, you don't know what 2022 is expect, but I'm telling the church, be ready. God is going to show up. And signs and wonders is not only for the unbelievers, but it's for them uh, that believe. And so we're looking for those signs and wonders. And I'm not talking about uh, a new house and a color TV either. God has that in mind, but I'm talking about those things that are going to impact your soul for the saving of your soul and the saving of others. Let me tell you something about that as well. I mentioned something tangible there. Uh, a good friend of mine, Pastor Robinson, was prophesied to. Um, he has his own business, electrical business, Let There Be Light. And out of Ontario, um, um, Rialto, I'm sorry, out of Rialto. And so he needed a truck. He needed a, a vehicle. And the prophet told him to go to this go to the dealership and gave him a specific name asked for it. And a man that told him that don't even live here, didn't know, but told him what God had told him. He went there and when he got on the lot, the gentleman said, uh, introduced himself and he said, let me get you someone to talk to. And he, and after he told him what his name was, we're going to say Robert, uh, told him his name was Robert. He said, no, I was told to talk to you. Never met the man before in his life. And he drove off the lot with a brand new truck under that prophecy. So God knows how to work and touch our natural as well as our spiritual. But I'm saying let's line up with that which God has called us to do. The spirit that souls will be saved. Souls need to be saved. People are hurting. People are confused. People need to see the power of God at work and God is going to do that through you. And so let's make ourselves available for it to be done. If you've been blessed by the message, 
Sunday morning live, that's SML inside the pages. Please spread the word. Let someone know that if you just go and type in SML inside the pages, you'll find us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many other podcast carriers. Remember the songs featured are respectively property of the artists and uh, the songstress and their producers. So remember that, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, keep us. Lord God, as we leave this place, but not your presence. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. If you request in prayer, visit ConnectingTruth.org. ConnectingTruth.org and submit your prayer request. We do read the prayer requests and we hold everything personal, confidential. And we will pray for you. God bless you.